0: Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everybody in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Do we need to preach today? (laughs) It's such a great testimony that fits almost perfectly into what we are talking about today. We are looking at uh, the greatest good news as we go. So uh, maybe if you are new or not, maybe hopefully you're hopefully sitting at the table with somebody who is here. Oh, welcome back, Charmian. Uh, Charmian was also in hospital last week, so she's back, uh, so it's good to see you. Uh, fantastic. Anybody else that came back from uh, hospital, uh, anything like that, far away? Well, good to have you. We are looking at uh, this incredible thing, the greatest good news as we go. So, anybody want to just quickly share what's the greatest good news around your tables if you were here last week? If you're not, find somebody that was. Otherwise, I'm going to stop preaching forever. <laughs> what is the greatest good news? Maybe it's easy if you ask it in a more general way. What is your greatest aim in life? It is that you have the privilege to enjoy God forever as you glorify Him. Did you know that? That we were doing this last week. You were enjoying the fact that you can glorify God forever. That is amazing news. Not sure if there's any better news than that. Uh, He's the one who deserves literally all the praise and glory uh, that we can find and muster. So we get to glorify him by enjoying him forever. Uh, Because that's actually God's greatest desire. Remember that? That what is God's aim in life is to glorify himself ...by enjoying himself forever. Because there's no one greater than God himself. And he cannot wait for us... ...to actually wake up from the slumber... ...and our confusion... ...and our brokenness... ...to see that he is the greatest good... ...that has ever, ever existed... ...and will ever, ever exist. As we said, we are the weirdest creatures. We are the apex of God's creation. But we are actually... ...so... ...and the Bible uses some strong language... Sheep, I don't even have been on the farm. Sheep aren't very, very wise and intelligent. We are sheep because we actually do not see the glory of God. We fall for other stuff all the time. Our lives are dominated by so many other things. And God says, I want you to be free to know glory and splendor and wonder and life eternal forever and ever. That's what I want for you because that's who I am. So grow, and that's what we're all about. So we're all about the fact that we are changing our title from not good news as we go, but to the greatest good news as we go. That's what we're looking at. So last week we kind of introduced it. This week I want to just pick up very quickly uh, this whole idea. I want us to develop the mindset. So now we know the answer, okay? So next time when somebody asks you what is your greatest aim in life, you're going to have Westminster Shorter Catechism question one and answer one up your sleeve. And you're going to say, oh, I love to glorify God. By enjoying him forever. So I've got the answer. All right? Now you can get tick off Sunday school. You can get your gold star. All right? That's important. It's always important to have the knowledge. But what we're really looking at, we're looking at the mindset. How do you actually live that? That is what we are trying to help ourselves to do. And so this passage really helps us to just pick up on a, a number of these issues. So if you look at the passage, he's talking to the Corinthians. We'll introduce them just now. Then he uses himself as an example in verses 33. And then in chapter 1, verse 1, he goes to Jesus. So he goes, Corinthians, Paul, Jesus. So what I want to do is I want to go backwards. I've got a bit of dyslexia, so I'm going to go, Jesus, Paul, Corinthians, and then us. Is that all right? So he's saying, I want you to do this. And because this is what I do, because I'm following Jesus, the greatest mind, that has ever existed in this world, I'm following his mind. I'm following him. So as Paul says in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, my translation says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, which is a, a right translation. It's really saying mimic. Become a mimicker of me as I am mimicking Jesus. So what's nice about mimicking is that you actually have to do the actions and understand what's going on, isn't it? It's not just the example. I mean, the example is cute. But mimic is nicer. So he's saying, mimic me as I mimic Christ. So let's go have a quick squeeze at Jesus. So if you want to have your Bibles, flip over to one, uh, John's Gospel, not one John, John's Gospel, chapter one. just want to have a couple of verses. I'll try and be short. But it's always difficult to be short when you're excited, eh? So John gives us the essence. He gives us the conceptual framework that will help us. So we'll Go to that very quickly, and then we'll expand it into a life example of Jesus. Because, as we said, mimicking is better than concepts, but concepts are helpful. Uh, and then we'll come back. So, chapter 1 of, and verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He tabernacled among us. We saw His glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Three major categories. So I want you to walk out here this morning and have a GGT mindset. Right? you've got it? GGT. Glory, grace, truth mindset. Jesus glorified the Father at every single point of his existence. He is glory incarnate. He is the one who actually Everything he says, he is an awareness of God. He's he's focused on God. He delights in God. He displays God. He illuminates God. Well, he's God, but you know what I'm saying. He's doing that all the time. So, glory. He worships at every single turn and point. That's Jesus himself. He is the glory incarnate. And when he expresses glory to humans, he does it in grace and truth. See, you got it? Glory, grace, and truth. When you understand that God is all about who He is, that He's the upholder and the maker and the sustainer of all things, and He's got a very particular concern for the apex of His creation, we're the only creature of all God's creatures who has got a mind to actually worship Him. God says, I want to come to sinful, selfish, self-observed, self-obsessed creatures, and I want to give them grace. And I want to give them truth so that they may know glory. You see how those three things tie together? So Jesus is full of glory. He's glorifying the Father. He's always gracious, and he always is about truth. And the order is important. He worships, he comes to people in grace. He does not give people. He does not treat people in accordance with what they deserve. He's gracious to them. He invites them to a relationship. He shows his heart for them. And then he gives them the truth that you need to be saved. You need to come to your senses. You need to change your mind. You need to change your life. Glory, grace, and truth. Good news, eh? Hey? Easy. Mindset. Okay. Quickly, jump to Luke's gospel. Just one example of Jesus doing exactly this. All right, so Jesus physically incarnated this reality at everything he does. Now we could pick any story. I'm just picking this one; kind of works like it. Zacharias, where's uh, Hilton? Hilton, Zacharias, short man, short eager man. All right, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. That's 19 verse 1. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So a okay, chief tax collector is worst person in Israel for a Jew. Worked for the government, exploited their own people, enriched themselves at the cost of their own brothers and sisters. Um, but you would really not like people. And they are not rich because they work hard. He's rich because he's a thug. Okay? Some people are rich because they work hard and fantastic. Some people are rich because they're thugs. Zacchaeus was a thug. He was a tax collector. And in those days, tax collectors were mean, and they enriched themselves at the expense of their own people for the benefit of the Roman occupying force. So you can just imagine how loved they were. I mean, you don't like tax collectors. You've got no idea what tax collectors were in those days. All right. He was. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed the sycamore t- uh, fig tree, and to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, what did Jesus do? He looked up and said, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today." So he came down and at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they made the connection that everybody else makes. (gasps) They muttered. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. The rich, wealthy thugs of society. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I have, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, which is everybody, I will pay back four times the amount. You see the power of grace? There's nothing more powerful than grace. Jesus says, I guess I want to hang out with you, but I've come to you. I must be with you. This is why I've come. And then he says to us. So Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Yes, Jesus' major statement, isn't it? I glorify the father by seeking and saving the lost. That's who I am. That's what I'm on about. So Paul says, hey, that's Jesus. Glory, grace and truth. And I'm imitating glory, grace, and truth. And I want you to imitate me as I imitate glory, grace, and truth. Okay, you got it? So quickly back to Corinthians. Let's have a quick look at Paul. So here Paul summarizes first in verse 33. Even as I, and the word try is not there, he says, even as I please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many So that they may be saved. You can't really miss it, is it? My life is not about pleasing me. My life is about doing good for others. And the good that I have particularly in mind is that they will be saved. You see that? Just flip a little bit to the left. Paul gives us a double take in this section. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And here he actually expels it a little bit out fast because it's very helpful. To hang out with people that are not like you is uh, not an easy thing, isn't it? You don't want to associate with people that you don't, you know what I mean, mix with. Jesus says, I associate with those nobody wants to associate with. Now look at what Paul says, chapter nine, uh, on verse nineteen. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Oh, though I myself am not under the law, as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those who have not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. I mean, it's quite straightforward, isn't it? Not difficult to work it out. Paul says, I am aware of social and cultural Ways in which people live. I'm very aware of that. And I try and do everything I possibly can, not to offend people. Although I'm not under any of those things, I am free, but I'm not entirely free because I belong to Christ. I am socially able to move around. I can become very legalistic if the crowd is legalistic. Not because I'm legalistic, but because I want to show people, hey... God actually knows you. He understands you. He knows what you're thinking. He knows you don't know what you're thinking. And so I'm here to love you so that I may save you. And to those without the law, I will hang out with them in a way that will make clear to them that God recognizes you and that He loves you and He wants you to understand who you are and who you're not and etc., etc., so that He may. Save you through me. You get the, I mean, it's not difficult to work it out, is it? He's very, he's unbelievable. I mean, Paul, got a, Paul was a Pharisee. You must remember that. Right? Pharisees were the people who, like everybody else, would have said to Jesus, listen here, the fact that you are hanging out with a tax collector makes you unclean and unacceptable to God, and we will never associate with you. But then Paul bumped into Jesus and flipped his whole world upside down. And Jesus said to him, Paul, I've come to say, be gracious to you so that I may tell you the truth, that you can never save yourself by being righteous. And Paul says, wow, this is the best, greatest good news. So let me go and do it with everybody else. It's not difficult, isn't it? Difficult to do, but not difficult to understand. You see the mindset? I go out of my way to be socially adaptable, not to sin, but to love people. So that they will know that I love them. So that I may bring them to the truth of the gospel. Imagine, isn't it? Glory, grace, truth. Every single human being that you lay your eyes on needs to be saved, people, from their stupidity of not being glad that God is God Every single human being needs to be saved to be able to reach that reality, that truth. Grace, by seeing them, by being with them, by hanging out with them, by being present in your body with them, is a way in which you show them God in Christ came to us, to tabernacle among us, so that he may share with us, so that he may show us what God is, so that we may come to our senses and be saved. Didn't you get it? So it's not a difficult thing, but it's an amazing thing, isn't it? When you really glorify God, you can't wait to express grace to those people that you may find offensive. Because you know them like anybody else needs the truth of the glory and the splendor of God for all eternity. And in Christ Jesus is available. So you can do it to them. You can go and love them. See how it works? All right, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So, Jesus follows. Jesus is walking. Paul follows him. Paul says, Follow me. And so, let's go back to verse 31 and we'll do verse 31 and 32 together. And you'll see the same thing. Do whatever, so, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. There you got it. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jew, Greek, or the church of God. Be socially aware. Be gracious to the Jews, be gracious to the Greeks, be gracious to the church of God. Your glory is that you know who God is, you know that you are saved because of him, you don't have to try and keep your own identity and keep yourself afloat and separate and above and better and looking down your long nose at others, because you know the reality of God. So you can go and associate with people. But do it wisely, because they are different, and they are different cultures, and so you want to think it through. So be aware, but don't be caught up by it, and ultimately then, so that you may actually say them. You see how interesting it works? The more free you are to glorify God, the more free you are to express grace to other people, so that you may help them to see the truth. Now, they're not always going to do that, but you can see how the pattern works. The whole context here is all about social gatherings. So this section actually runs all the way from chapter 8 to chapter 10, and we're not going to go through the whole thing. You can go and read it. All about do we eat food sacrificed to idols, and what should we do? Should we go into temples and all sorts of things? And Paul says, well, here's the issue. Here's the three things you need to have a very clear goal at. Make sure that you are glorifying God. That's your number one thing. That's the great thing. That's what you've been set free for. Then be gracious to anybody else around you, so that you may also save them. That they may know the salvation that is in God. That's the mindset, G-G-T. Glory, grace, truth. That's what he's basically calling us to do. Imitate me as I imitate. Now, we're all different, isn't it? We've all got different gifts, we've all got different personalities, we've all got different opportunities So, good news, you don't have to die for anyone's sin. Not for yours or for anybody else. Jesus did that. You don't have to be a pioneer missionary like Paul. He was called for that, and for that he suffered. You don't have to do that. But you can, wherever you are, as you go, glorify God. And you can be gracious. And you can be gracious to the point of truth where people recognize the need of salvation. And you can do that in a million different ways. And we're going to look at a couple of them in the next weeks as well. But isn't this good news? This is the mindset of someone who's bumped into God. God has expressed himself the clearest in Jesus Christ. That's where we see it. That's where we see God's heart. Uh, Max Lucado tells a very, very wonderful story about a mum and a daughter and they're living in Brazil and they're very poor and uh, the mum is very worried because she doesn't have a husband and the girl is growing up and she's getting into the teenage years and uh, suffering and starry lights of cities are starting to flicker and she's worried about her daughter and lo and behold the daughter runs away. And she's worried, and she's praying, and she's worried, and she walks around, and her daughter's just disappeared. Poof. So she decides one way what she's going to do, she's going to take a photograph of herself, and she printed a whole bunch of photographs of herself and wrote at the back of it something and stuck up the photographs all over the city in, uh, in Brazil. And her daughter ended up in a brothel because that's how you make money. And uh, one day she stumbled out and saw, oh, here's a photograph of my mom. <laughs> and she's like, what? And she grabs the, the thing and pulls it off and looks at it and like amazed. And she turns it around and in the back it says, wherever you are and whatever you've become, please just come home. Your mom. And she did. <laughs> She returned home. Here's the fantastic news, guys. We are the letters and the photos of Jesus Christ. We are the photos that tells people, listen, here's someone here that knows you and loves you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you've become. The Father wants you to come home. And I'm here to walk you. Come. An amazing picture, isn't it? That's the mindset of someone who's come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I rest if there's people out there that does not know that they've been made by the most incredible God in the universe, and they've got no idea what He's like? I can't rest. I'm on mission. Mission exists because worship doesn't. There are millions among millions among billions of people that does not worship God because they don't know who he is. We have received it. And he's saying to us, go and develop this GGT mindset. I just want to end off by reading a a little section from uh, one of my favorites, C.S. Lewis. Listen to what he says. He says it is a very serious thing because you need to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature that, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as if you, that as you meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. So there are two places where people are going to go. They're either going to be creatures fit for heaven or they're going to be creatures fit for hell. That's really what he's saying. I'm just making it a little easier. All day long we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities... It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Huh? Yes. That is... I mean, that's just here's Lewis. It may be possible for each of us to think too much of our own potential glory hereafter. It is hardly possible for him to think too often or too deeply about that of his neighbor. The load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back. A load so heavy that only humility can carry it. And the backs of the proud will be broken. We have glory bestowed upon us by grace so that the truth can set us free. How amazing that God says, you be the photo that somebody will bump into that will remind them of the glory and the grace and the truth that is found in Jesus Christ. Go for it. I hope you sense something of the massive wonder. And as he says, the load, the weight, the burden, that whatever you think and say to another human being, you are contributing to that person's future. That's massive, isn't it? You're standing on holy ground when you're with another human being. Because they will either be in glory or they will be a terror and a terrifying reality. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ, their glory, came to glorify you and express that glory in grace and truth. Thank you that, you're, that that's who you are, that's, that's what you are. Thank you that we've tasted something of it. Thank you that we are partners with you in glory and grace and truth. What an amazing gift. We thank you for that. We want to worship you. We want to praise your name. We want to gather as many other people around us. Haven't you seen, don't you know, have you not recognized the glory of glories? The Lord Jesus Christ. And he's full, not a bit, full, to the full of grace and truth. Oh Lord, we pray and thank you that that's what you've done for us. Thank you for that. Thank you that you stir in us this morning a a fresh view of the mindset. That is Christ Jesus. Thank you that today is the day that you've made. Today is a day for us to glorify you, to express grace to other human beings so that somehow we may give them the truth of the need of salvation and the wonder that Christ has done and paid for it all already. So help us, Lord, to be that photo. When somebody looks into our face, help us to reflect No matter what you've done, no matter what you've become, our Father says, come home. Thank you, Lord, that you are able to do that. Thank you that you are inviting us to join you. Thank you for the burden that that is, and thank you for the joy that it is. And we pray this in your name. Amen.